0: ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the
1: 315. Here's Brian Higgins. All right, roll along here on this Tuesday. Game day. Is it? It's still a minute from now. We're we now Two thirty 2.30. Six and a half hours from tip time tonight in the Dome. Oh, man. Keep the clock going. Six and a half hours from tip time. Eight and a half hours from the beginning of our post-game post game coverage. Myself and Eric Dievendorf uh, tonight will be with you uh, locking it down after this one. Cuse and Carolina uh, tonight. But looking forward to it. You know, it's been fun. You know, Carolina had the severe upper hand in it early on in the, the series. So they won nine in a row at one point. You know, in Syracuse's early years in the ACC, it's evened up the last uh, couple of years. Or the last four meetings, each have one two. We'll see how it goes uh, tonight. Right now, we go to the phones. Joining us is C.L. Brown. He is the beat writer for Carolina for the Rally News and Observer. C.L., uh, welcome in. Thanks for hopping on with us here on a game day.
0: Yeah, no problem. How you doing, Brian?
1: I'm doing very good. And uh, you know, it's, this is a fun game. You know, it's 10 years here in the, in the league now. Uh, For Syracuse, I I don't know if it feels like longer or shorter at that point. It's gone by in a blink. But it it still feels kind of new in some way that we do get to see a Syracuse and Carolina game every year. So this one always feels kind of fun when it pops up.
0: Yeah, I I feel like it'd be different if it was still, you know, kind of old-school, home-and-home. You play each team twice. You, you really get a better feel and, and develop better rivalries that way. I, I'm, I'm sitting here today like, man, what was the last time I actually came to Syracuse? It just feels like it's been a minute.
1: Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Houston, Carolina, you know, it's what? They play twice a year, like every three years. So it takes a while to uh to rotate through. Yeah. The the only game last year was uh, the Big Monday game down uh down at the Deem Dome that w- that went to overtime and you know, I, I didn't think watching that game or watching the tournament uh last year that we'd be talking about almost all of the same people here this year. Uh CL take take me through, you know, what, what transpired, I guess, last year. I guess NIL's had to play a huge part in this of how Carolina was able to keep this roster together.
0: Yeah, I think for for probably Armando Baycott the NIL was a big factor in him returning, but it, it well, I shouldn't even say big factor. I should say it was a factor because if he would have tried to go pro, um, he wouldn't have been a first round pick. Mm-hmm he'd probably be kind of middling if he didn't just go overseas outright. He'd probably be middling between the G league and, you know, maybe he would have been on a two way contract kind of deal, but um it, it would be a tough road for him to get to the league. And that also was a factor, you know? So, um, so he could come back, chase another championship, ch- chase the Final Four, and and potentially a championship, I should say. And um, I think it, it kind of fell in line from there. Um, kind of kind of similar with Leaky Black, R.J. Davis, um, and Caleb Love. Like none of those guys could really, you know, they weren't going to go to the league, right. you know, so um trying to trying to chase that championship and be able to make some money uh from NIL uh all kind of worked hand in hand to to keep that the core you know those four starters from last year back
1: yeah i feel in previous years and i'd say especially pertaining to Baycott since obviously you know he's a uh, He's the best guy in the whole thing. Like, that guy almost would have been forced to go to the draft, whether he wanted to or not in, yeah, in previous right, years. Right? Right. So, uh, th- this has got to be pretty good for college basketball. I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with NIL, but uh, for a guy like Baycott, it, it seems to almost be the the original intent and, and something that's really going to help out the college game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so. Uh, you, you have, you know, overtime elite, the G League, you know, kind of, they were kind of nipping at the heels of college basketball for talent, but. NIL kind of helps nullify that to an extent, both in, you know, getting uh, veteran guys to keep to keep playing college to stay for for another year or so. And um, and also with the incoming talent, um, because, I mean, you know, you're not going to get the adoration playing in overtime elite and, and playing in the G league that you do plan in some college campus somewhere, <laughs> you know, if, if you're good enough, if you're quote unquote, an elite player, um, you know, you're going to get the attention. You're going to get national TV spots. You know, uh, I, I just don't think it compares, you know, now you also got to go to class, <laughs> you know, you're not, you're not just uh, being able to, step right into the workforce but um i, I think there are I, I think nil is helping to um in some respects save college basketball as as we know it
1: yeah that, that pesky class has a way of uh, getting in the way of things but you're right like uh, the the g league <laughs> stuff like overtime league i get it you know they seem to be well set up and well coached and the whole thing but you know I'm not watching them. Like I, I don't know what those guys are doing. So you know we'll we'll either see some of them in the NBA sometime or we're not. But we're we're not watching them on the big stage like we got tonight. Like we got a, a big time game on ESPN tonight with and, uh Carolina. How's Armando doing on that ankle? Because you know a couple of weeks ago I see that injury and say, man, that looked bad. And then I look at his stats the last three games and his stats seem about as healthy as anyone on earth could be. So uh, h- how's he played through that? And uh, you know what's his health status right now?
0: Yeah, I, I basically will never question Armando Baycott's toughness after after he played in the final four or after he played in a championship game after twisting his ankle um, in the semifinal win against Duke because you could tell pregame before the before the national title he he didn't have any kind of lift it was it, it looked terrible like mm-hmm. he you know it was like how is this dude even walking and you know he. Gutted it out, got a double double before halftime. You know, if he wouldn't have twisted it in that last, you know, minute and change, who knows if Carolina would actually won or not? But same kind of situation. It felt like you know he twists his ankle two minutes into the game at Virginia, um and he he tried to get back in that game, but it it you know he just couldn't do it even with the adrenaline rush uh of of trying to get back. And he's from Richmond, Virginia, so like all of his family and friends were there. He really wanted to play that game and, and he just couldn't. And it seemed like he was gonna be out for a while the way it felt after the game. Post game, we were in the locker room. Um, you know, we're seeing him getting worked on by the trainer, Doug uh Doug Halverson. He's wearing a compression sleeve, you know, on on his leg and foot, uh Uh, around the ankle and you know he's walking out on crutches but lo and behold next thing you know (laughs) he's back out there you know for the next game against Boston College and and we you really couldn't see any kind of him favoring it at all when they played NC State on Saturday so um, uh, the way he put it Post game was if, if he's out there, then he considers himself 100%. So he's not, you know, I, I, I don't think that will be any kind of excuse, or we won't see anything, you know, tonight um, where the ankle is affecting him.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And it, Like when that happened, I remember I said, you know, after that night, like the next day, it's like, well, we'll see if he's back for the Syracuse game in a few weeks. And he he didn't miss a game. It's just the wild stuff, and the numbers he's put up in the last three are uh, next level, 14 and 16, 20 and 16, 23 points, 18 rebounds uh, the last time out. C.L. Brown, the UNC beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, is our guest. And uh, C.L., you know, the play that stands out, unfortunately, from Carolina's last game was that leaky black, Terquavion Smith uh, collision, flagrant two, with Turquavion going down for NC State, and they still don't know if he's going to be able to uh, play tonight, at least last I saw, when uh, NC State takes on Notre Dame. What's the conversation in the triangle around that? Because, you know, that could have gotten real heated. I know it did, but how's it still simmering here a few days later?
0: Well, I don't think it's a big deal for the players and, you know, coaches. Uh, Both both sides kind of acknowledge um, that, you know, Leaky's intent, Leaky Black's intent was not to, it, really not even to try and have a hard foul. It was just he was in the air and came down awkwardly. Um, the fans, however, <laughs> uh, especially on social media, it, it's been, you know, I, I, I think social media just has everybody kind of, you know, there, there's no kind of, uh, decorum there's no kind of of uh hospitality or or humanity it's it's just like automatically going for the jugular so there's there's been a lot of back and forth and the discourse hasn't been positive at all you know between fans now the good thing is uh, you know when you see a player get carted off then that that feels like a whole nother level of seriousness to the injury but Thankfully, you know, Sir Quavian got released that night, Saturday night. Um, one of the things UNC fans were, were poking at after the game, he, he, Sir Quavian was apparently spotted out, uh, you know, on the town uh, after on Saturday night. As a as college kid who <laughs> plays basketball probably should be, uh-huh. right? That's but, a good recovery um, right there so, to get out on Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the the good thing is whether or not he plays tonight is, you know, he, he's going to be able to play. Like you were thinking that might have been a season-ending injury kind of deal or, or even worse than that, something that could affect him long term. And because it's none of that, um, uh, I, I I think, you know, by the time the second game comes around when Carolina goes back to NC State, uh, it it won't be an issue at all.
1: Yeah, that, I, it'll be an issue in the stands. We know that uh, on the court, that's a, that's a whole different thing. So we're looking forward to that game in a few weeks. Uh, tonight we got Hughes uh, and Carolina, and you know, speaking of Leaky Black, like a great defender, I, I'm intrigued to see how you think like Carolina is going to deploy him tonight. Because you know, the Orange's hottest player has been Joe Girard. I, I don't know if Leaky at six nine. Is normally guarding like y- y- your six-one shooting guards uh, out there. If that's something you think Carolina might deploy tonight, like do they utilize Leaky as a weapon in those situations, or does he stay a bit more in his own lane and face up with people his own size?
0: Well, um, it, there's really no telling because Leaky has been used when they played Virginia. He's been used on Key High Clark before. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> because you know they deemed uh, Clark to be the guy that kind of made him go. This was last year in the uh, in the uh, ACC tournament. So um, and and last year against Syracuse, I think he was on Buddy Bayheim for most of the game.
1: Yeah, he was Buddy last year.
0: Um, yeah, and Buddy, Buddy. He was able to contain Buddy, but then they switched him over. Um, now I'm forgetting his name. He uh, so 35. You, yeah, it
1: was Cole Swider had the crazy uh, first half. So I Cole, think they, yeah. Yeah, they moved yeah. Lincoln over the second half.
0: Moved him over, and then, then Buddy started getting buckets. Yeah. So. <laughs> So I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure who he will start out on, but you you probably can guess if somebody gets hot, leaky will find his way over to defend him at some point during the game.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's going to be a look. I imagine he must end up on Gerard at some point just because of how. Joe's been going here the last few weeks, but you know six nine on uh you know six one on a tall day. That's going to be uh, quite a lookout there uh, tonight. Uh, what, do, what do you think, CL? Here it's Hubert Davis year two. I mean, it was a, a wild year one, obviously, with uh, they're not quite living up to it, and then they make the run. Now it, it's kind of the same thing happening this year, but with the caveat that they've signed up in this monster recruiting class for for down the line. What, what's the what's the general view on uh, Hubert here and you know year two of following up Roy Williams?
0: Yeah, well, you definitely don't hear "is he the right guy" <laughs> this year. Right. Last year at this time, you know, there there was some of that because you know they got their losses were awful. Like they got beat by twenty plus against Wake Forest, against Miami, um, against Kentucky in non conference. Like they when they lost, they lost big, and so um, it really wasn't until they kind of got on the roll going into February and and beat Duke at Duke, and then everything they did in the tournament, getting to the Final Four, that it totally turned around. Now you're starting to see, you know, he's making momentum in recruiting. Um, uh, they, they got a pretty good class, two top ten kids who are in the class of 2024 uh, lined up. And so, um, if he can just get this actual team to play kind of up to their potential, which I don't think they're far off from, because as you mentioned, Armando Baycott is doing what he does right now. RJ Davis has been on a tear too. uh, the last 11 games he's shooting. uh, uh now I forgot his actual mark. He's shooting around 50%. I think 48% from three point range. Wow. Um, and so Caleb Love is really the the last cog in that offense uh offensive trio that he's struggling right now. He he just hasn't you know the past 5 6 games he just hasn't been shooting well at all. And so um if they can get him going and and those three guys uh kind of kind of playing at a high level at the same time then then I think they can, you know, reach their potential and and uh, you know, be be a real threat come March.
1: Well, knowing how Syracuse fans think, we're now all going to be terrified about Caleb Love uh, figuring it out tonight uh, <laughs> in the Dome. That seems to be how it's gone uh, this year against the Orange defense uh, at points. Uh, wrapping it up here with C.L. Brown. What, what do you think tonight? What, what what's the difference in a in a game like this? The, the Orange, you know, they they seem to be trending in a positive direction. Still looking for a big win. You know, Carolina's starting to get it figured out. It looks like. What what, what do you think we're looking at tonight?
0: That's a good question because Carolina's only won one road game so far, and that was at Louisville. And, you know, Louisville is, is struggling so much this year. I don't, I don't even know if you can really count that as progress. Right. The there. But uh, but the caveat to that is Armando Baycott was injured early in the game. They lost at Indiana, his shoulder. That same shoulder kept him out of the game at Virginia Tech and uh and he was hurt two minutes into the game at virginia so i, I guess what we should be looking at is if armando gets hurt or not <laughs> to see if uh if he can actually laugh the game but um I think the the wild card for me the x factor for me is gonna be carolina's uh uh Carolina's focus or ability to try to try and get in the lane and and get better shots because they've had a tendency these last few games uh, to kind of settle for three-pointers. They were better in the second half against NC State than they had been, but they took 29 threes against Boston College, and a lot of those were, were uh, you know, it wasn't like contested shots, but they could have got better shots. They were just settling for those shots. So um, playing against this zone is an easy the easy way you can get into just settling for outside shots. So I I think that'll be a key factor for
1: them. Yeah, as we know with the zone, like especially this year, teams have shot just an ungodly amount of threes against Syracuse this year. And the games they've gone in have not been good news for the Arch. So we shall see how that goes tonight. All right, CL, really appreciate the time here today. Looking forward to the game tonight. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll have to do this again soon, okay?
0: No doubt. Appreciate you having me,
1: Brian. All right, that is C.L. Brown. He is the Carolina beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer. Good to chat with him and talk all things Carolina basketball. With that, we will take a break, come back, and wrap up our opening hour. We'll do that right after this on this hour brought to you by William Batar. Give him a call at 444-4444. Back after this, it's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.